0: The thing that I see people go wrong is individuals who are only focused on building a business for their personal gain, because a business only exists to solve someone else's problem, not just to solve your problem. Your clients and potential clients are not personal ATM machines to you, because your business, it may be your baby now, but the goal is for it to grow and evolve beyond you. And it can't do that if you're really only operating out of a space of ego and what will this do for me.
1: You are listening to Side Hustle Pro, the podcast that teaches you to build and grow your side hustle from passion project to profitable business. And I'm your host, Nikayla Matthews Acome. So let's get started. Hey, hey, guys! So since you are listening to this episode, I'm going to guess that maybe you are interested in quitting your job and starting your own six-figure consulting business one day. In fact. I even have some of my MBA friends who listen, shout out to you guys for listening, who you tell me that you are frustrated in your jobs and you've said things to me like, I can just do this, this meaning whatever your current job is, on my own. I really just want to leave and start my own consulting company. Well, today's guest has made it her business to teach side hustlers how to do this. Today in the guest chair, we have Jerisha Hawk. Jerisha is an income strategist, recent corporate dropout, who helps content creators, coaches and consultants forex their revenue through online positioning and sales strategy. Now, I'm going to share a big epiphany I had this year and give you some context about this episode and why I felt it was so important. What I've learned this year is that it does not matter how good you are at what you do. You cannot, cannot, cannot start a consulting business on your own unless you are ready to sell your services. That is a major key. So first, you have to get into the mindset. You have to get into that mindset that you're going to put yourself out there and let people know that you have skills and they need to come to you for this service. And second, then you actually have to sell especially if what you're offering is a premium or big ticket service. It's not enough to put it out to your network. It's going to take a whole process and definitely don't leave your job with just one client or like one or two because that client could fall through. And if you haven't learned how to package and sell your services, it's going to take you a while to get that next reliable client. So, my friends, Before you leave your job, if there's one piece of advice I could give you, it's understand how to sell your signature services. Before starting her own business, Jerisha was a civil engineer on the leadership track to become the next generation of leadership at her company. She was the lead engineer on a 400 million pipeline project, and she had no plans to leave her corporate job to become an entrepreneur. But as she learned to package her corporate training into lessons that could help other entrepreneurs sell their service-based businesses, she shifted her career plans. Today, she teaches others her proven process to build a five-figure business selling services online. On today's episode, we get into how to develop your signature service, how to determine how to price your services, why she continued to side hustle after booking her first 60,000 in sales, and so much more. Before we jump into the show, just want to give a special thanks to Widow's Movie for supporting Side Hustle Pro. I don't think I've ever shared this with you guys, but one of the ways I stay creative is going to see movies. There's just something about the art form that just leaves me feeling so creative with all these new storytelling ideas in my mind. And one of my favorite, favorite actresses is Viola Davis. When I see Viola on screen, I just immediately feel empowered. I feel like standing up straighter, snatching off my own wig and going out and kicking down some doors. So I literally felt chills when I saw the trailer for this new movie, Widows, which comes out on November 16th. Widows is a modern day thriller. It's set against the backdrop of crime, passion and corruption and from Academy Award winning director Steve McQueen and co writer and best selling author of Gone Girl, Gillian Flynn. And Viola is playing what else? A badass. The trailer tells me everything I need to know. What? A black woman with natural hair kicking ass and taking names? Say no more. I am there. The film also stars Michelle Rodriguez, Elizabeth Debicki, and Cynthia Erivo, and it arrives in theaters everywhere on November 16th. So grab your crew and let's go out in a pack to see Widows. And I, of course, want to say thank you for all of your reviews. I definitely noticed all of your new reviews coming in and I read every single one. Thank you. This week's review comes from at Break Free Life who says, I first discovered this podcast through a friend on Facebook earlier this year and it has made my life. I have learned so much and discovered apps, ways of working and products that I have purchased this year. Michaela, you are amazing and your style of interviewing is phenomenal. I enjoy that you allow the guests to freely speak and advise the audience of their stories and mountains climb to get to their current success. I am a faithful listener, so your personal shows also rock. Thank you for being you and being real every time. May you have continued success. I'm inspired daily to one day, hopefully be a guest on your show. Thank you, Break Free Life. Thank you so much for taking the time to leave a review and shout out to your friend on Facebook for sharing. Now let's get into it. So welcome to the guest chair, Jerisha. Thank you
0: so much for having me, Nakela. It's an honor to be here. Thank you for making the time, boss lady. So (laughs) Um,
1: You know, I've already read your bio, but I would love to know how you describe yourself in your own words. Who is Jerisha and what does she
0: do? So Jerisha is a school supply junkie and a cold stone fiend. I love ice cream and long walks down the school supply aisle at Target. Um, Just a little bit of fun stuff about me, but I'm an income strategist, recent corporate dropout, and I really teach, you know, individuals how to gain the clarity that they really crave to confidently sell their services online. And we do that through a very simple sales strategies so they can achieve their income goals um, faster and just more strategically as they're, you know, stepping outside of their nine to five and learning how to generate their own income online.
1: All right. Now you're someone who I followed
0: your journey. So I've seen you when you were working for
1: corporate, then when you became a corporate dropout. And I've been so impressed by how you've been able to scale. And, you know, you don't portray like some super perfect image either. You take your failures and and you learn from them quickly and you like keep going. So I really want to talk about that journey today. So what was your initial career path before starting your own business?
0: So I graduated school with a civil engineering degree and got into corporate. I was working at a utility here in Michigan um, and I was a pipeline engineer. I was on the leadership track, you know, in their engineering leadership program that was, you know, really designed for bringing up the new engineering leaders of the company. I had recently got promoted to leading a $400 million pipeline project. I was the lead engineer on that. So I had no thoughts or aspirations of quitting my job like that was in my 15 year career plan on my little 11 by 17 sheet of paper, but definitely not like, you know, in the, in the 15 month career plan. Right. Um, so yeah, I was an engineer and I mean, I loved my company. I loved the work that I was doing. You know, people don't really think about natural gas and electricity until it, it turns off in their home. <laughs> right. Right. But Right. yeah. <laughs> But it provides like a basic necessity that all of us are reliant on on a daily basis. So, I mean, I loved my career and loved my job and just loved the work that we did there. What made you start side hustling? So uh, being a woman of color in a corporate environment, especially being an engineer, just after so long got really frustrating for me. You know, I was gifted and very grateful for, you know, having my board of directors, which are all of my mentors and advisors and sponsors. And, you know, they would always pour into me and I was really exposed to these amazing opportunities, but I was always the only one at the table, always either the youngest woman, the only woman or the only woman of color. And I'm just like, there's, there's room for more than just me being here. And, you know, That's when I started getting really heavily involved in our diversity and inclusion initiatives at my company, just trying to help, you know, remove and uncover some of the unique barriers that women of color face in corporate environment um, and help give them more access to leadership opportunities and just prepare them for those opportunities. But I wasn't getting as much change as I wanted fast enough inside of the organization. So I'm like, well, what can I do outside of my company how can I start coaching or supporting other women who are like me? So maybe they don't have those mentors or opportunities in their company, but they can get it from me and then apply it back to their job. So that's really where it started. I remember uh, when I walked into one of the first meetings that we had for our pipeline project, like I said, $400 million, it was a part of the largest uh, financial budgeted program in our company. So there was just a lot of visibility on us. And I just remember walking into those meetings 70 people in a room, a hundred people in a room. I was the only person of color, the only woman of color. And it just, I was tired of being the only one if I'm being frank. Right.
1: So what was that initial side hustle? Was it um, some kind of coaching for other women?
0: Yeah. So the first thing that I actually sold was a coaching program back then. It's like, I was trying to I want to empower more women of color. Like what the heck was I selling? But, uh, it was a coaching program and I'm like super embarrassed to admit that it was $180 for three months of coaching and (laughs) (laughs) six women were in the program. Um, and, but we sold out, right. You know, 180 bucks. I was like, okay, this is working. And it was really just designed around helping women be more intentional and create more, uh, strategic goals about what they wanted in their life and like how to how to get from where they are now to where they want it to be, so that was the very first thing I sold, and I was terrified to even sell it at one hundred <laughs> and eighty dollars.
1: We're going to get a little bit more into pricing when we start um, talking more about like actually how do you decide your signature service and all of that stuff. But it's interesting that you're a little embarrassed about that price looking back.
0: Uh, yeah, because I, mean, <laughs> I look at you know we have programs now that are fifteen thousand yeah. dollars, and I don't bat an eye at it. But I think back then it's you know, I was still very much in this employee mindset. You Mm -hmm. know, I had started another business in college. So I was aware that, you know, you could, you know, but I was selling a product. So I'm like, I would sell dresses or sell shoes and then I'd make money. And, but that was a very tangible thing. When I started selling services, it it just was kind of mind blowing to me that I'm like, some stranger is just going to give me money and they're not getting anything tangible in return. So I just had a lot of imposter syndrome, Mm -hmm. I, I think around like, even knowing what to charge, how to charge, really even understanding the value of what I was even offering. So that's why I say, because I just can't, you know, you look back now, it's like, oh my
1: goodness. Right. And that is definitely something that, you know, we all struggle with, like knowing what to price, especially when it's a service and also not over delivering because we have this imposter syndrome that we're not giving enough. And so after a while, what you initially started to price at, um, It it doesn't even make sense because you're giving so much due to this imposter syndrome. So before we get into all that, can you share now, how did you go from Jerisha, who is side hustling, civil engineer, doing a $180 coaching program for three (laughs) months to where you are today?
0: Yeah, it was definitely a a process. So the first like 10 months when I got in familiar with this online marketing world, I'm just like, I'm just going to mimic what I see these millionaires doing online. And that's what I did. You know, the traditional. Which millionaires originally were you like following and learning from? By Regina was one that I well I'm not sure if she's at the seven figure mark but she was one of the first um, online entrepreneurs that I discovered you know uh, Pat Flynn was one of the very first that I had discovered I'd say those two are really influential for me but one thing that you see about those individuals or really anybody um, most people that you traditionally see in the online space is they had these traditional sales funnels where you have to create all these leads you know create all this free content. So you can drive people to an opt-in. Once you drive them to an opt-in, you trip them on a tripwire. That's maybe seven or 47 bucks. And then you sell them some mid price thing and then a higher price thing. And then you finally get them to your big ticket offer. And that's what I thought I had to do. So I was out here building a membership site. I had digital courses. I had eBooks. I had, you know, coaching packages. I had one-on-one. I was literally selling everything (laughs) under the sun to try to come up with this traditional ascension model that you see everybody teaching. Uh And for the first 10 months, uh, you know, working still for full time, I was completely burnt out because I'm creating all this content. And I think I had made like just barely $6,000 after 10 months. And I had a million things that I was selling and doing. It was exhausting. And that was like a really critical moment when I sat down and looked at my numbers. I'm like, I can't, this can't be the way. And I was like, F the funnel like this funnel thing does not work. Like screw it. Like it, it's not working for me. So I decided to flip the funnel. Mm-hmm. And it, and instead of trying to attract a large number of leads, I'm like, what if I just focused on a really niched, specialized audience? So it's a smaller group of people. But what if I then started charging a higher ticket price point where if my goal is to make $10,000 a month, I'd only have to sell one or two packages to hit that. And That was the the thing that changed the game for me when I I said kind of F the funnel, I'm going to flip it and Mm -hmm, just focus mm -hmm. on a a small group of people, but get them into a high price ticket offer right out of the gate. And with a higher price ticket offer now, I want to make sure
1: we really drive home the value that you're providing? Because I think a lot of times we can get into numbers and it seems like all we're trying to do is like, you know, an equation, like how many people times how many dollars, how much am I going to make? But how did you decide what your service would be and what your impact would be?
0: Totally. And I'm so glad that you asked that because people will be like, all right, well, I need to make $10,000 a month. I'm going to just charge somebody $10,000. Exactly. And it's like, well, hold up. Let's (laughs) let's, let's back up a little bit. And for me, it's really about understanding what and this is having more clarity and confidence around what I'm selling. But it's what is the transformation I'm providing? Mm -hmm. What what's the end result that people are going to get that from going through my process and the program that we were selling at the time? It was nine thousand dollars. And it was a six month coaching program, teaching people how to get, build a six figure business in six months. So for me, it was like, what's a 10X ROI? If, if somebody's paying nine grand to learn how to make 100,000, 10% is, that's cheap when you look at the, the return on the investment. So that's how I based my price point was based off of really what is the ROI and the return on the investment that a client is gonna be able to get by implementing what it is that we teach that's how I priced mine and the results that clients got through it. Like one of the clients that went through that program before, when she joined the program, she was making two to $3,000 a month and she couldn't figure out how to break over 4k a month within two months. She hit her first $16,000 a month. And since then, I know she's been breaking over 30 K and this is in a month frame. So if you look at, she paid $9,000 to be in this program. She got to six figures within like about six to eight months. And she's been growing significantly beyond that since then. So I think that's I'm just really glad that you asked that question because you really need to factor in really understanding what problem that you are solving and what's an adequate price point that matches the true value and the ROI that you're delivering on solving that one problem. Mm -hmm. And so when you decided
1: to start this coaching program, uh, because also a lot of times coaching programs get bad rap, like there's this cycle that people think it's like coaches who are teaching you how to be coaches. And that it's like this one big like loop hamster wheel. But you know, there are people out there who have knowledge that they want to share and get paid for that. However, they just don't know how to do that. So how did you decide? I'm like twisted over my words because I just want to really drive home that. How did you decide or how did you learn that you needed to teach this?
0: Man, it was by me being in another mastermind group and being in another coaching program because I couldn't see, I think sometimes when you're so good at doing one thing, mm-hmm. you can't see the real brilliance of what you bring to the table. Yes. And it took me having, I was in a coaching program at the time and my coach at the time and either people in the group were like, you don't see the brilliance of what you bring to the table. They were able to see my my blind spots and really help help me understand how valuable those things were. Wow. Um, so that was the biggest thing for me. It's like, you know, coaching and mentorship and masterminding. Like to me, that's a business like requirement. That yes. is just something that is baked into my budget. Right. Cause you Speaking can't see that it. budget. I have to stop you one <laughs> second because, because
1: that's something too, that I think, um, you don't get to see, right. You see these people and you see Jerisha. Okay. It's really expensive to, to, you know, get coaching from Jerisha, but you don't see that.
0: Actually, Teresha invested 10 times that on herself, right? She did that first. <laughs> that is the only reason why I've grown as fast. It'll be two years that we've been in business next month and yeah. we have broken over 300K. The only reason why we grew that fast yes. is because I did not hesitate to invest in other individuals to fast track my success. Right.
1: How, how much if you had to ballpark, like, for example, how much was the mastermind that you were in? And, you know, how much do you think you invested before you really started to earn those
0: five figure and six figure months? I spent all the money I had made. <laughs> So you reinvested back in. Yeah, because remember those first 10 months, I was doing it all on my own. I was like downloading every freebie, watching every webinar, listening to every podcast. And it got me to making 6K. But I'm like, there has to be a quicker and fast. Like, I know I'm missing something. And these high level people are not giving all their gems away for free. Like, I know I'm going to have to pay. Yes. So the first uh, person I hired was $3,500. And that was, you know, pretty much the $3,500 plus what I had spent on tech and software was the six grand. Okay. And that $3,500 investment really taught me how to make like maybe another 10K. Oh, was that, um, so what, what specialty was that person? That person was really specialized in really the same traditional model. Like how do you set up the technology and set up all these funnels? So I kept thinking I had to do this, this traditional Ascension model thing. Right. And, And I think just to clarify, the traditional Ascension model works, but if you're making less than six figures, and especially if you're working full time, that's not where I would tell people to start. You know, I'd say get over six, get over six figures and then implement more of that traditional funnel model because you actually have, you know, your offer, you know what you're selling. And it's a lot easier to make the funnel pieces, but she specialized in that. Um, And then through working with her, even though I was able to make my money back, I realized that this business model is just does not work, at least for the season of business that I'm in right now. Mm -hmm. Then the next program I joined was it was six grand for six weeks. This is a program that I was in that was like, bruh, this is your brilliance, like level up. Um, So that was money I had. Basically, I made that 10. I spent six. And then that program was the thing like getting that encouragement and just getting that like the support on the mental side. Of Being able to show up like that for myself was terrifying. But that support was what allowed me to sell that program at 9K. And I booked over $60,000 in sales the month that I sold that program. That was the thing that allowed me to quit my job. Because, you know, I had 60K, like I knew guaranteed coming in. And that was only from just that one thing that I was selling. Right. That was a cash cushion I needed to make, like to help me see that actually building a business on my own was a real reality. Mm-hmm. And that was when the shift happened, where I'm like, okay, crap. The, you know, I remember being in my, I was in the middle of a really important meeting, and I got a payment in for like the first two thousand dollars from a client who had joined. <laughs> I screamed in the middle of the meeting, like, oh you know, you gosh, look down right, at, right. at your phone, yes, and it was like strike two grand. I was like, oh my
1: god. <laughs> Is everything I can right? relate to that moment. I can relate to that moment, guys. Like when you finally do to have that moment, you're like, OK, I'm going to be OK. I don't know if this will be the thing that I'll do forever, but I know I now possess the ability to package my services and offer it and get paid for
0: it. And I
1: know I'm going to be OK. It
0: changed the game yeah. like in that. In that moment, I was walking down the hallways like try me if you want to. <laughs> Y'all know what I just did this morning while I was here with y'all. Did you quit
1: like the next day? And by the way, since I always want to encourage just the full picture so everyone doesn't run out and quit their jobs. Yeah. Walk us through the steps before you fully made the pivot.
0: So the first time I had my first five-figure month was in March of 2016. Mm -hmm. And that was when like, okay, maybe this thing has legs. But even having that first five-figure month, I was like, I don't know if this is sustainable. I don't know if this is just me hustling really hard one month. I don't know if this is ma- like, can I maintain this? And then that's when I came out with that next program. And when I, two months later, is when I booked over the 60K in one month. Mm-hmm. And again, this was booked income, not banked. And I yes, think that's a really. Yes, I, I, yes. I, I'm glad that
1: you used that word because I knew that's what you meant, but thank you for clarifying.
0: Yeah, because people will be out here like, I had a seven figure launch. It's like, y'all. of what they're talking about will not be collected until over the next eight months. And you don't even know, you know, how much of that's even going to be collected. So that was booked money, not banked money, meaning that it was over a six month time period that I would be collecting it. But for me, I knew that like, if I show up, if I give results, and I knew that I had qualified my leads before I allowed them to join the program. So That's a really huge thing that I see a lot of people in the coaching consulting world not doing is doing an adequate job qualifying their leads. So, you know, that they're getting the right people in the door. So then when you get the right people in, you normally don't have many issues about people not making payments or doing all that foolishness. But um, for me, I wasn't the type to just leap away from my job. I wanted to really just build a bridge and just have the freedom to choose whether or not I wanted to stay or whether or not I wanted to go. So it was like about a 15 month process from like the day that I started selling anything to the Mm -hmm. point where I had booked over the 60K in one month. So when you booked
1: your 60,000, so when you were coaching people, what was the name of that program?
0: It was called Goal Getter Elite. Okay. So we've done this mastermind for two years now, well, two cycles now. Um, We're about to repackage it, not discontinue it completely, but repackage it because- Business models, guys, they pivot and change all the time, especially in the first three years. So it was called Goalgetter Elite. But we, like I said, so about 15 months. So after I had booked over the 60K, because I remember I told myself, I'm like, God, this first five figures, I see you. However, I just need to know that it's going to keep coming. So I said, if I do it again in May, I do it again in June, I'll quit my job in July. So that 60K that was booked was in June of 2016. July third, I call it uh Hawk Independence Day. I said <laughs> like, resignation. And then two weeks later, seven seventeen seventeen was my first day of entrepreneurial like freedom full time. Wow. Now, within this
1: program, so what was that first year, that first cohort, so to speak, like? You know, how are you ensuring their results? Were there times when you felt like you were still figuring it out as you went along?
0: Oh, totally. So one thing about me and that I preach pretty much across the board is I don't build anything until I sell it. And for me, that's probably more like this engineering background. I'm like, I'm really big on co-creating with my students, especially in the beginning phases. But I just think it's important that this is why that traditional ascension model um, was shooting me in the foot was because I was trying to co-create too many things at one time. And I think many of us in the beginning stages are doing that. You know, I'm trying to create this thing and develop the processes for that and then and sell it. And then you're trying to exert all this energy across the board. But for us in that particular program, I had been doing similar work like that with one on one clients. This was just the first time I was doing it in a larger group container. So I had most of like the high level process of what I wanted to walk my clients through already done because I had done it with one on one clients. So like the the meat of really the, the thing that I think that makes us a little bit different is we teach financial acumen to every one of our students. If you buy a program that's two grand to a program that's 15,000, you will learn basic financial acumen. So because I'm not just here to teach you how to make money, I'm here to teach you how to earn consistent profit and to build something that is sustainable and that you'll actually be able to maintain for the season that you're in right now and for wherever it is that you're trying to go. I think most people online, they'll teach you how to do an aspect of, of building a component of your business, but really don't teach you the larger strategy in the bigger picture and, and especially how to link all those things together to make it sustainable. So that's something that we teach across the board. Um, we do regular like metric check-ins where we're looking at your numbers, looking at what your revenue was, looking at what your profit was, looking at what your expenses were um, and really evaluating based off of what you're selling what even makes sense from a financial standpoint to keep selling because most of these people are when you're making less than six figures you're just you're kind of throwing spaghetti at the wall and seeing what sticks um, and seeing which offer really has legs and will take off so we we that's one thing that we do very very heavily in our higher level programs is a lot of just teaching our business owners how to be more strategic more strategic CEOs because a lot of the clients back then were attorneys accountants Um, or they were in the traditional coaching space. And it's like, they're really good at delivering their service, but they have no idea how to run the business behind the service that they're delivering. So those higher level programs really teach more of developing the strategy for your business, but also just grooming you to be a better CEO. Mm -hmm. And now what are, you know, businesses pivot,
1: as you said, but you also mentioned kind of like a suite of products. So what are the signature services from Jerisha at this point, from the 2000 to the 15,000 range?
0: There's only two things now. Now, and this is like where I really believe that if you're making less than six figures, I wish I would have known this sooner, but focus on one thing. And we call it the pot method. Pick one person, pick one problem, package one process and get really, really good at selling that one thing. Um, So our signature program that everybody, if you're making less than six figures, we pretty much force you to go through is services that sell. And that's the program that really teaches you how to create and sell a signature service using what we call our Lean Launch. So there's no website, no sales pages, no webinars, like no Facebook ads, just the basic, the most simplest way to sell your services um, online using live stream video, a little bit of sales psychology, and then sales calls. So that's the base level for two grand um, services that sell. And then we have our higher level program called Leverage which teaches people how to turn their one-on-one coaching offer into a leveraged offer, turning, basically turning their coaching into a course. Because that will really be the thing that can propel you to that 300K and seven-figure mark. But you need to have the service first. And mm-hmm. then once you, you repackage what you've basically done with one-on-one clients and turn that into your leveraged offer of a course to scale it. Okay, so now let's talk about these signature services, because as I'm
1: in a season of, you know, fine tuning my own signature service. And so that's why side hustlers, that's why you see me interviewing people and having these kind of workshop episodes, because I think it's I'm learning how important it is. Now, let's just start out with, you know, how do you determine what your signature service is?
0: Yeah, this is one question that we get all the time, right? Like, well, what should I be selling Um, I think a really good place for people to start is really taking inventory of what are the things that people are naturally coming to you for to answer those questions? Like, Hey, can, you know, like everybody's going to come to the like, how do I get my podcast popping? You know, that's a very probably natural thing people are asking. Um, And I think in the beginning you will be testing out different ideas to see which one sticks. Cause I had sold probably, I don't know, four or five different offers. I had a feelers with Facebook course. I had a corporate dropout program, I had services that sell, but it was three different names before we settled on services that sell. Like, you, So you're selling all these things, but I think it's really getting in alignment with where are your gifts? Where have you been able to get people results, even if you've done it for free, or, or maybe you've done it for yourself? And like what is the thing that people are constantly coming to you for? I think another caveat to consider in there is um, really the target audience that you're thinking about going after, can they afford to buy whatever it is that you're selling? And that will be a really quick indicator to cut a offer because like students will come to me saying, Jay, I want to offer, um, you know, I want to teach middle school girls in whose parents are on welfare how to do whatever. And I get that that's a beautiful idea that you have, but that's probably not the best business opportunity. You know, there's a difference between having a business idea and a business opportunity. But I I think it really goes back to just starting with where where are your gifts, where are people naturally coming to you about and where have you been able to get results? And then from there, really testing out those services and doing it in a one-on-one capacity. Because when you are selling just one-on-one, you haven't invested all this time and energy and resources into like building a course or developing a membership or whatever else you can test out one client. If it is terrible and you're like, no, I don't want to do this anymore. You can just scrap it and keep going versus, you know, having to like decommission an entire course that you spent four months building. You know what I mean? Got it. And is this approach realistic for
1: every kind of entrepreneur? Can everyone package a signature service? So when you are qualifying your leads, what kind of themes, topics, subjects do you look for?
0: So I think any I think everybody's side hustle should be consulting if you're trying to quit your job. You know, and even if you're not trying to quit your job and you're just trying to like make an extra couple grand a month, I think pretty much anybody I think could be offering consulting. I think the caveat of that is you have to be able the the thing that I see people go wrong and the people that we will try to weed out of our process to even not let into our two thousand dollar course is individuals who are only focused on building a business for their personal gain. Because if they're only in business, to like make themselves money to, you know, change their financial situation and they continuously forget about the person, the client on the other end, that's not a good fit, um, mainly because a business only exists to solve someone else's problem, not just to solve your problem, but like your people aren't going like to your clients and potential clients are not personal ATM machines to you. So I, I just think that that's a huge thing that we look for, even in our lower level products, is do these people have a heart to really impact and change and the lives of others and solve problems for other people? Because your business, it may be your baby now, but your business, the goal is for it to grow and evolve beyond you, and it can't do that if you're if if you're really only operating out of a space of like ego and what will this do for me? Because if it's just a lot easier for you just to go get a job and make more money that way um, versus like trying to step into this world of entrepreneurship and deal with all of this roller coaster stuff that we have to go through.
1: Exactly. And people can see through you and it, it you can't keep up that charade forever because if you're not delivering value and if it's clear that you only wanted butts and seats and then you like, you know, just stepped away, then um, you know, that will catch up to you. So I'm glad you bring that up. Hey guys, it's Nikayla here with a quick word from our sponsors. This episode of Side Hustle Pro is brought to you by Widows the movie. Widows is a modern-day thriller set against the backdrop of crime, passion, and corruption from Academy Award-winning director Steve McQueen and co-writer and best-selling author of Gone Girl, Gillian Flynn. Set in contemporary Chicago amidst a time of turmoil, four women with nothing in common except a debt left behind by their dead husband's criminal activities take fate into their own hands and conspire to forge a future on their own terms. The film stars Viola Davis, Michelle Rodriguez, Elizabeth Debicki, Cynthia Erivo, Colin Farrell, Brian Tyree Henry, Daniel Kaluuya, Robert Duvall, and Liam Neeson. And it arrives in theaters everywhere on November 16th. I don't know about y'all, but I know exactly where I'll be on November 16th. In the theater, watching Widows. Okay. I have a side hustle hack for all to hear, and it's called Skillshare. You want to know how I grow as a businesswoman? I keep learning. There's not a week that goes by that I'm not checking out a refresher class or a deep dive tutorial, and my go to is Skillshare. Skillshare is an online learning platform with over 18,000 classes in business, marketing, entrepreneurship, you name it. So whether you're trying to start a side hustle or scale your business, Skillshare is there to keep you learning and thriving. In the last month alone, I've learned how to set up my email capture landing page on Squarespace. And how to boost my email marketing using MailChimp, all through Skillshare. And now, Skillshare has a special offer just for my listeners. Get two months of Skillshare for just 99 cents. That's right, just 99 cents. To sign up, go to Skillshare.com slash hustlepro. Again, go to Skillshare.com slash hustlepro to start your two months now. Now, let's talk about the pricing aspect. So I said we would return to this. Now, when you were starting out, you priced very low. And I think I talk about this too. In my very first course that I put out there, I wanted to feel at the time like, I was delivering way more value than what it costs. And and I still believe in that, but I took it to an extreme by charging, you know, towards the lower end of that spectrum. So walk us through where you started and how you were able to evolve to know what to really charge.
0: Yeah. I think the biggest thing is most of us are just selling our intellectual property. Like we have these ideas and we know if people come to us with a problem. We know that we can just think off the top of our dome and be able to like figure out a solution, Um, which is, you know, you're kind of winging it and winning. But really, when I was able to get confident about my process, My price was when I was able to take that that IP, those strategies that I had and turn those into systems and tools, because then I know that now I have a repeatable process that when a client like when a client comes into services that sell, for example, we walk them through four very strategic steps to get them to a point where they've created their signature service and they've been able to launch it. So they go through how to package, they go through how to price, they go through how to position, they go through how to actually profit and sell over the phone. It's a very strategic process. So that gives me a lot more confidence because then I'm able to say, you know, they're not just buying Jerisha Hawk, they're buying the process, they're buying this this framework that we've developed that's been able to get clients results consistently. So I think that's something to keep in mind is, you know, really, and, and understanding what the ROI of that is, You know like and then factoring that into the price point but i think even before that like in the very very beginning first thing you got to do you got to just crunch your numbers so especially if you guys are still working full time um like i was you need to look at how much time do you have available each week to even be able to dedicate to your business this is working with clients and working on your business which are two different things so you need to know how like what's your capacity. Mine was about 15 hours. In, and then within that 15 hours, I could probably work with maybe two or three clients max to during, you know, coaching calls and then being able to handle all the admin marketing and all the other stuff on the back end. So if I know that I only can work with three clients a month or three clients a week and, you know, I want to be able to hit $5,000. That will at least give you, that's a tool to use to give you in a ballpark of, if I have this many hours available and I want to make this much money, this gives me a range of how much I have to be selling to ever achieve that income goal. And a lot of people don't even do that base level. They'll be like, I'm going to go make an ebook for 27 bucks. And it's like, you got to sell 3000 of those to ever hit your income goal. Like there's a, there's an easier way to do it in the beginning. So I would recommend just crunching those basic numbers. And then from there, if you end up saying that, like, okay, I need to charge fifteen hundred dollars, I need to charge two thousand dollars for this to make sense. What problem can I solve that would have a you know, that would make sense to have a value of of that two at that two grand? And I think a lot of us have to think, um, be able to disconnect from what our personal money stories are saying, well, you know, I'm not going to spend X amount of money on that. Like that's too expensive. That's your own money story. And that's maybe, maybe to you, that problem that you're solving isn't big enough of a problem for you to, to, to pay for. But if, like, let's say, um, I'm just saying we have to disconnect from what our money story is and make sure that we're not projecting our limiting beliefs and our limiting money stories on a potential clients. Yes. Because if you have a problem, like, like, like let's say I have no idea how much your podcast course is or even what your consulting is. But let's say you were charging $10,000 for somebody. Like, I will help you develop, launch, and do all the things to get you to 100,000 downloads in the next 12 months. And you're telling me it's 10 grand. For somebody else who has no aspirations of building a podcast, they'd be like, nah, that's too expensive. But for a business owner who understands that If me getting having a podcast is going to get me more leads and will ultimately allow me to make back a hundred thousand dollars from the traffic and the visibility i'm getting from it it's it totally makes sense so i just think that's something really important to think about and something i see my clients do all the time is they project their limiting beliefs on what somebody else will value because i think what's simple to us is somebody else's struggle so sometimes we just can't see that connect But I just think those are some things to to keep in mind. Yes, you are so right about
1: that. And also to make our content worthy of that price too. So one thing that I sometimes see is people who come or try to develop a signature service when they're in a place of desperation and mm. that's not good either. Do, do you ever deal with that? And how do you it's almost like, you know, they need to get back to a place of financial
0: stability so that they can think with a clear head. Have you faced that? Yes, that is so good. Um, this is like one of our taglines that we preach over and over and over again to our students is that everything needs to start from a place of serving over selling. Yes. Everything is about serving over selling. And if, and you'll, and I've, you know, I think you'll, you'll notice it. Like if you're creating something and you're trying to sell something and in your gut, you know, it's not in alignment. You know, that you don't really believe in the thing that you're selling, you know, and and that could be for two reasons. Like one, you just maybe don't have clarity or confidence around the process you're taking your clients through. Or like to your point, I'm selling out of desperation. I need to go hustle up some money. Let me just go sell this thing. And I've seen people do it. And it's like the result of it is typically trash. Um, Because if you don't believe in what you're selling and you're not like in alignment with the results that you're helping your clients get, like one, it'll be extremely difficult to even sell because you don't even believe in it. And people can feel that energy and sense that when they're going through the sales process. So I think that's a huge thing. And I'm really glad that you just said that. So speaking
1: of that, though, you have been, you're a relatively new entrepreneur. You've been learning yourself and and refining as you go while also teaching others. So how have you pushed through that imposter syndrome to know that, hey, I still bring value to the table, even if I'm still a student?
0: Yeah, I think you're a a forever student. You know, I think that's never going to go away. And I think what I'm learning about, you know, I don't really have much imposter syndrome about what we sell now, mainly because- like I believe in the process. I believe in the results has been able to get for myself. I believe in the results has been able to get for dozens of other clients. Like it, we get consistent results. Like We have a 70% course completion rate, you know, about 65 to 75% of the students who go through our program make back the full investment before the program is over. Like I don't, I don't bat my eye at what my rates are anymore. Um, mainly because I know, I know that what we're doing gets people results and I know I'm out here. Like I know my heart's in a good place for why I'm selling and why I'm doing what I'm doing. Um, But I think to your point, from like just a business perspective, I don't know if it ever really goes away. (laughs) Like every time I hit these new income goals and hit these new levels, you know, I, I think that, okay, once I hit 10K a month, you know, I'll have things figured out. And it's okay, I hit that. And then it's like this imposter syndrome of, okay, once I make a hundred K in a year, this, and then it, it just, it, the level, every time you level up, um, I think there's just a new demon at each level that, you know, self-sabotage and like imposter syndrome I had to continuously work on, you know? um, So I, I think it's, for me, it's, it's this continuous learning journey and this continuous journey on like working through those things. Um, you know, after the 250K mark, like that was the toughest one for me personally, because I never thought it would even be possible for me to like earn that type of money on my own as fast as I did. Like that that would have taken me another decade in corporate America to see that kind of money, you know? So I I think it's just at each level, there's just, there's a new thing that you're going to be working through energetically and internally. So I don't, I don't really believe it ever goes away. I just think, As the time goes on, you get better at knowing how to manage it and you learn tools to be able to handle those situations when they come up more effectively. So
1: now... You are doing a lot of business and still investing in yourself. And we touched on the cash flow piece. But one of the things that has also been surprising to me is, you know, when you earn, when you have a great month, you're like, oh, all right, cool. Like, I'm going to have this much in savings. And then when you start to see the price to level up, right, to invest in these masterminds and these coaches who you want to learn from, you're like, well, dang.
0: <laughs> it's it's not, like, bruh.
1: Right, right. It's not as much left over. I thought so. What's been your experience? A lot of people lose money in the first years of their business, end up in
0: the red. What have you experienced? So those first ten months that I was in business, it was there like a, a break even. Mm-hmm. Um, since then, I mean, I know that we what we've been able to do is not the norm. Like you know, like you said, most businesses don't earn a profit until year two. But I got introduced to the book Profit First, pretty like around that year mark, and that changed my life by Mike McCallowitz and. Um, so I make sure to pay myself profit first before I do anything else. So no matter what, my business is always in the green. And that's just how we operate. That's how I teach my students. Like you you should be in the green. I mean, there's m- months where you may have cash flow issues. Um, but if you are building up these profit, you know, cushions in your business, you'll have more of that cash flow flexibility, especially in the early stages. So that's something for me. I, I always pay myself profit first. Um, I think secondly is when I look at investments now, I no longer look at the upfront price tag the way that I used to. So I think before I'm like, oh my God, this is going to cost me this, but really I need to look at what, how much is this going to cost me if I choose not to do it? And what is, what is that price point? And you know, at this program, maybe $20,000 or $10,000 or two grand, but if it's teaching me how to, you know, make money and teaching me, you know, wh- what is the projected ROI of me making this investment? So I really had to change my mindset around what the cost of something is and really what the investment of something is and just being really in aligned uh, with myself in regards to where is my business model? What strategy are we trying to use to grow our business? And what, what are, where are the gaps? What What resources do I need in order for me to get there? And just making sure that I'm investing in the right things at the right time
1: righty. So now we are going to transition into the lightning round. You know the deal. You just answer the first thing that comes to mind. Are you ready? Yeah, let's do it. All right. Number one, what's a resource that has helped you in your business that you can share with the Side Hustle Pro
0: audience? Acuity scheduling would be one that's maybe not the top of mind for most people, but one that has helped me every step of the way in my business. Um. So a Acuity Scheduling is like a scheduling software that allows you to, you know, book appointments and do all of that. That was what I would call like my first assistant <laughs> before I could pay for one. Um, they're super, super inexpensive, you know, maybe 10 or 15 bucks a month. But it takes a lot of the hassle out of scheduling calls, rescheduling calls, sending reminders, you know, collecting payment, intake forms. I just think it's a great tool if you're doing coaching or consulting in your space. Um, or just having to be on the phone a lot you know, if you visit acuityscheduling.com backslash Hawk Custle, you do get a 45 day free trial. But like that would be one tool that I, I rave about all the
1: time. All right. Okay. Number two, what's been the best business book or podcast episode that you've consumed this year?
0: So when this I'd say is when I just recently started reading, it's called Draw the Circle, the 40 day prayer challenge by uh, Mark Patterson, I think. That you know, just really developing my spiritual faith and, you know, getting closer to God and just making sure that I'm doing that internal work has been just really imperative for me this year, especially. Uh, But this book has really been opening my eyes on just how to do that in a different way than I have before. So that'd be the one I'd recommend. Okay. Number three, who is a Black
1: woman entrepreneur that you would want to trade places with for a day and why?
0: I would say you. Oh, like, wow. <laughs> I would say you. Like, you have built this super dope platform, like, where you're able to build relationships and just truly connect with the most influential women of color who are, like, just changing the game and, like, redefining the norms. So I just think it'd be, like, dope to be a fly on the wall, like, listening into, like, the behind the scenes of these conversations and the parts of the combos that don't make it on the podcast. <laughs> um, And just also just seeing, like, you know, I, I remember when you started this too. So it's been awesome to watch your journey. So yeah, I think it would be you like just to see, like, because I think maybe in somewhat of similar seasons or not too far off from each other. Um, but to be in the same room with somebody where, where we're at the same level and we're both on the rise. I think that'd be kind of cool.
1: Oh, yay. Thank you. I'm so honored. Um, number four, what is a personal habit that has helped
0: you significantly in your business? Metric tracking. So I have goal boards like plastered on my walls and these massive post-it notes. Um, But I track my metrics like religiously. I look at my numbers every day. I set very, very clear strategic goals for myself every month, every quarter, every year. Um, I say those are probably like a a huge, huge thing is just my goal boards that are my goal boards and my visual management that's posted around my house. All right. And finally, what is your parting
1: advice for fellow women entrepreneurs who want to be their own boss but are worried about losing a steady paycheck? <laughs> uh,
0: so the first thing that comes to mind is like, y'all, we got to stop trying to be Captain Sable out here. You cannot solve. <laughs> do not come out of the gate trying to solve everybody's problem for everyone. Like that would be the biggest thing. I wish somebody would have told me that in the beginning. Don't mimic what you see the millionaires doing uh, mainly because their strategies work because they're at that level. Like focus on just respect the season that you're in right now. You know, focus on like, again, what we call the pop method. Pick one person, pick one problem, package one process like pick one platform that you're going to be selling your thing from, whether it's Facebook, Instagram, like pick one channel and just really allow yourself like to get really good at doing that one thing. Um, I, I wish somebody would have told me that in the beginning versus, you know, mm-hmm. trying to be out here, like diagnosed with the case of DTM, just doing way too much. <laughs> so that w- that would be my thing. Like less really is more Amen. I
1: love that. I love respecting the season that you are in. You're absolutely right. That's why you need to learn from people at your level, which is why I love bringing people on the show who are more realistic. You know, I love hearing from people who are seasoned, but often, yeah, they have a team who's doing some of the stuff that they're talking about as their strategy. And it's like, uh.
0: (laughs) And and I think like, if you look at to the millionaires, which I think a lot of us aspire or like look up to, it's just really understand what is required for them to get those results. And to your point, most people aren't pulling back that curtain to show you full transparency of what's really required to get there. So just really understand, I think, that aspect. It's not to say that the strategies don't work, but it's like, do you have the resources and are you do you have the capacity to do what they're doing, to get those results. And if right. not, just, just respect your season. Uh-huh. We, we all
1: started there. Yes. And speaking of season one thing, I didn't remember to ask you, but you have leveled up with a team a bit. So at what point, you know, did you feel like, okay, this is my season. I can afford this. And where did you find that team?
0: So <laughs> Tell I me, didn't cause ang- I'm, I'm going to write this down. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was solo, solo like up until like, like about 150K, uh-huh. uh, which I don't know if I would advise. I hired way too late. Like okay. I should have started bringing on team members sooner. But for me, I would look at, um, it. Be this is a really healthy exercise. So I would track your time for a two or three week period, literally get a spreadsheet out, document every minute thing that you do and how much time it takes you. And that, for when I did that task, it really opened my eyes to see where my time was going and really how much time I was wasting doing things that weren't even like money generating or were really doing nothing for my business. But I would do, track that time for, like I said, a two or three week period, literally like if you go into Canva and create a Instagram graphic, like write that down and write how much time it takes. Um, and then from there you'll start to notice these gaps or you'll start to notice these groups of things that you could hand off to somebody else. And the thing that's taking you the most amount of time, that's not, um, you know, something that you are the one that has to do, that would be the first thing that I would outsource. So that has been the most helpful for me. And I think why we've been able to have like such a lean business, even up until this point, um, it's because, you know, I'm just slowly taking things off my plate that really I don't need to be doing for them to be done effectively. And Upwork has been probably one of my best places being able to find reliable uh, contractors, you know, whether they're in the Philippines or whether they're here in the United States, that's, that's been one place for me that's worked really well. But you're able to find good talent, people that can actually do what you want to do when you're that granular about this is the task and this is the responsibility that you're coming on for versus just saying, I need a VA. You'll get everything under the sun. Mm-hmm. Versus if you say, I need a VA to manage my, you know, my my email inbox is how many emails we we typically get on a week. I need somebody to manage my schedule. I need somebody to, you know, schedule all my podcast interviews and follow up with all of our clients. Like, And then when you start actually tracking your time like that, you'll start to notice um, even what your processes are to get those things done. So that would be my recommendation. All
1: right. I love that recommendation. So Jerisha, where can people connect with you, get
0: down with the hustle and selling signature services with Jerisha? Yeah. First, I would love for you guys to join me on one of our next live masterclasses where we actually teach our framework and our methodology on how to create and sell signature services. Um, So you can visit JerishaHawk.com backslash masterclass to join us for one of those. It's about 90 minute crash course on what we teach. Um, Outside of that, you can visit JerishaHawk.com, connect with me on Facebook or Instagram, Instagram stories be popping in um, pretty much everywhere at Jerisha Hawk. You can find me online.
1: All right, guys. And there you have it. Hey guys, thanks for listening to Side Hustle Pro. If you want to hear more from me, head on over to sidehustlepro.co forward slash side hustle corner to get my weekly Side Hustle Diaries chronicles about my own journey from passion project to profitable business. And if you want to find me online, I'm at Side Hustle Pro on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. Don't forget to join the Side Hustle Pro Facebook community. Go to sidehustlepro.co forward slash mastermind. And as always, if you love the show, do me a favor and subscribe, rate, and review on iTunes. Thanks, guys. Talk to you next week.